Coming up this week on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Former NHL official Dave Jackson joins us. Astros. Phillies. World Series. All that and more coming up next here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Smitty Mini Show on the radio, the TSMS radio network, Tyler Middleton, Noah Smith, also episode on 112. the podcast, 112 on the podcast, I knew that. The absolute whole time. I knew it the whole time. Yeah, I was, if I I was testing it, you. If I didn't say it, you wouldn't have known. I was testing you to see if you knew what it was because I want to make sure you're oh, just tapped into the show. I'm the guy who types it in every single week. Let's thank our sponsors, Dave Middleton, Sunlight, Financial Life is Brighter, Under the Sun, Gold Line, Curling, the Choice of Champions. They're also a sponsor of the 2023 Ontario Tankard. I don't know. And Scotty's. And Scotty's. My apologies. Are we yep. running that? I haven't actually listened to the commercials. Are we running that commercial yet? I don't think there is one yet. There's I have not, not one yet? not one yet. Okay, so this I is mean, the commercial. We're, we're still. Four months out? When was it? February? I'm sure. Right? Okay, three months Things out. Things we should know. Three Things that out. will definitely be in yes. the spot once we get 100%. Once it's running, probably not this week. You won't hear it this week. But once it's running, you'll probably hear these things. I did see that they have the swag ready to go. Shirts, stuff like that. This mini mini Can we get swag? some? No. Oh. Tankard swag. Oh. Can we get some of that? Do you think? Do we need to? Do we have to pay? We definitely have to get some swag of our own that we can bring with us. We do. We haven't done swag in a little while. But we need to update that and get some ready to go and be ready. You think we can get a booth put up in the lobby? Sure. So that we can sell some some swag, some hats, some shirts, some Probably. sweaters? Probably. We might have to pay for that. I have a feeling that those vendors pay fees. That also involves being there for the entire week. Can you take the week off work? I'm not taking the week off, but we can be there for the weekend. We can be there on the weekends, maybe one or two days we'll off We'll put work. in some work. We'll, we'll, we'll do some crowd stuff like we did last week. Yeah, we'll, last we'll have to. We'll have to. And that'll be our payment. And then all of a sudden, and then there'll be, you know, thousands of people around Port Elgin wearing Smitty Mini Show shirts because everyone will buy one. Yeah. And that's what we need, right? We'll just get the cheap ones so that we can not spend as and much mark money. Mark it up. Yeah. Mark it up. Yeah. yeah. That's what we shouldn't tell people. T-shirts uh, for make, $90. <laughs> make sure you uh, make sure you follow the Smitty Mini Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please do that so we can reach out and talk to you. Sometimes we throw up some Twitter polls every now and then. We used to do more. We, we should do that more. We're busy gentlemen. We are busy. To put up a Twitter poll? I feel like that's... I feel like it takes a real short amount of time. Yeah. That's not too time-consuming. No, it's not. The the most time-consuming thing would be trying to figure out what to put on. Which is probably why it doesn't happen. We probably spend like half an hour trying to figure out what to do and then give up. Great Twitter poll question. I just thought of one. How long should it take us to figure out a Twitter poll? The Houston Astros. Have you forgiven them yet? Yes or no? Uh, Indecisive. Is that an answer? Or is yes or no the only answers? I feel like if you put a like maybe on there, then it would just, just kind of ruins it. That's typical Noah sitting on the fence. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. Give me a yes or no. Yeah. You forgive them? I don't. F- <sighs> I don't want to say I forgive them, but I I'm over it. Like I just I don't care anymore. I'm not. It is what it is now. I'm not. Like let's move on. I think have they not cleared house from like majority of people involved? No. Jose Altuve still there. Alex Bregman still there. You still got Verlander there. You still got. Bunch of guys who won the championships. Okay. Okay. 
Some have gone for sure. But here's my problem. Here, Here's where my frustration comes with that. You know how good they are? Like, this team is really good. Oh, yeah. So why'd they have to cheat? Wow. Like, how do you maybe cheat? They, maybe they weren't as good. How do you years, cheat and then go, go to the World Series for the next, like, five years in a row? Like, obviously, you're that good. You didn't need to cheat. Mm-hmm. You just did it for the fun of your life at that point. Or they're just like, ah, because obviously that isn't what made them good, even though that's what people say. Obviously, wasn't the case because here they are. But I, once take, again, I take the opposite angle at it, that they were good and they still are good. So why cheat? I don't know. I think we can agree, though, obviously, with this answer that you were our Team Phillies in the MLB World Series. Oh, did, is this the most unlikable World Series ever? I, uh, maybe. I think it's likable. And for us up here in Canada, for one reason and one reason only, and that is Rob Thompson, the manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Right? Good old Ontario boy. Good old Ontario boy taking the team to the World Series. That's the only thing that we're rooting for at this point, I feel like. I, like, I don't really care for the Phillies at all. But it's Bryce Harper still, like, still bothers I, me. Like, I still don't like Bryce Harper. So I don't want the Phillies to win because then we'll have to hear Philadelphia talk about that for a whole year. Yeah. And Philadelphia just, people are the worst. Just the most obnoxious people in the world. Right? Like, sorry for any of the Philadelphia listeners, if there are any. Because you are annoying. I, don't, I do not think we play in Philly. We don't. How about the Padres fans saying that nobody believed in them? Did you see, hold on, did you see those Padres fans group of dads that sang that song? Yes. Please tell me you saw yes, that. Yes, I did. Wow. Yes. There, there's like three things you need for a song. You need a beat, you need lyrics, you need some kind of singing voice. And they went over three, strike three, gone. <laughs> all those things were there, but they were all terrible. Okay, there's a little were, bit of a beat. They were there. Well, there the were some lyrics like, for sure, but they were terrible, yeah, terrible, they were not good. like not good. And the pitch wasn't great. Like no. I'm not a great singer, but I think I could have killed that. Yeah, I think we could have done something better. So next time the Jays are in the playoffs, they make it to the ALCS. We're gonna do a Blue Jays song, right? So back to the Padres originally. <laughs> okay, okay. How could you take a team that spent that much money and say that nobody believes in us? That team's really good. Everybody believed in you. We're a little bit, a uh, little bit uh, actually mad that you lost. Because we believed in you that much. right? That's a really good baseball team. And you go and pick up guys like Juan Soto and you lose? You think that everybody fact, believed in you? I, I don't know this stat. I'll show you my bet slips. I'll show you I believed in you. <laughs> I don't know the stats for sure, but I would assume the top four spending teams, right? Or we're looking at the Yankees, Dodgers, Padres, and Mets. Yeah. All four. I say yep all, confidently, but I have no idea. All four. Well, the only ones the Yankees. It's got to be. The Yankees, Yankees Dodgers, actually, Padres, for sure. Mets, got to be top five. Well, no, so the Mets are the top. The Mets are, are the, the biggest. They are like, they created a whole other tax bracket for Steve Cohen. Mm. It's like They had like a $260 million. Um, luxury tax? Luxury. Or like, that tax, was what yeah, their, yeah, yeah. That's what their, uh, their huh. ceiling was this year. Like, it, it was stupid. The only ones are the Yankees, actually, maybe not. Because the Yankees don't, they don't actually spend as much as you think they do. They don't tend to go over that luxury tax very often. But uh, they do. If they're not, they're super close. And the thing is, they're consistent. right? Some of these teams didn't spend for years. The Yankees have been spending. They always spend. Well, they're always right they're at always right They're at. always right there That's at the why. luxury tax. That's why. But they don't go over very often. So uh, my point is, does money just mean nothing? No. Money is a false entity. And it means nothing in this world. I didn't mean the whole world. Oh, okay. A little too deep there for you. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's money on the Phillies and there's money, some money on the Astros, but not as aggressive as we were looking at the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers were on pace to set records this year, and they still get put out. Man, it's it's playoff baseball. You have a bad week, and you're done. 
You don't play your best baseball for five games and your season's over. Right? The Philadelphia Phillies, I don't think, are the best team in the National League. I don't even know if I'd put them in the top three. But they're playing good baseball, and they're playing good baseball at the right time. And here they are. World Series bound starts Friday, by the way. Weird, like a week off. We were just discussing this. Yeah, I don't like it, it. It's a week off because both teams got swept. Like, it, they were terrible series. Oh, yeah, they weren't good, but like... They are horrific. Fine. Didn't the Padres win a game? They, I, didn't, I think they did win one 4-1. game, yes. It was 4-1 the series. Yes. Anyway, they, sorry, they basically, avoided a getting swept. basically a sweep. Anyways, continue. It wasn't a real series. No. So, and it's not like the major leagues can like move up a whole bunch of stuff. They have, they have broadcast schedules they got to keep with. They can't just throw games Man. at random times. Sure they can. I mean, they, I'm sure baseball. they could, but you're kind of risking some things. I just, it just sucks, right? Do you not lose a little bit of excitement for playoff baseball? I mean, the when Super you have a Bowl week does off? it. You get two weeks between the Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's normal for football. So the only problem you have, the only gripe is that it's not normal. Yes. Everyone's healthy now. Like this gives you an opportunity to have best on best, not just two days after your last game and you have pitchers that are down. We're going to get lined up best on best. Aaron Nola versus Justin Verlander. Like we are going to get the best pitching matchups possible out of the series. Okay. We got our special guest joining us on the other side of the break. We're going to wrap up this first segment with that. Give me your world series predictions. Phillies taking on the almighty, all hated, all hated, Houston Astros. The Astros are too good. They're going to win in five. Five. So you're still not predicting a very competitive World Series? Uh, I'm, the Astros are just that good. Houston in six. Oh, sorry. My apologies that I, I cheaped the Six is as close to seven as you can get. <laughs> statistically. <laughs> statistically. That is that is the math. Smitty Mitty Show. Dave Jackson, ESPN Rules Analyst, will join us to talk some hockey on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast episode 112 and on the TSMS Radio Network. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge. And I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. You're listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show for another week. Joining us here, first had him on the show back on episode 81. Now he returns former NHL official and now rules analyst with ESPN, Dave Jackson. Dave, thanks for hopping back on. Pleasure to talk to you again. Good to see you again. It's a pleasure to be invited back on. You know, I must have done something right the first time. I just, I I always take uh, my opportunities to talk to officials because we don't get to voice our opinions too often. So I, uh, I just... It was amazing. I love talking to you, and I wanted to have you back. And specifically, I want to talk about um, how officials go through the beginning of the season. But first, uh, last weekend, something weird happened in the NFL where a, a referee was caught on camera getting in, like an autograph from from Mike Evans. Did you yeah. like? Have you ever seen that happen? Have you ever gotten like? It's. I'll start this by saying I don't think it's weird. I think it probably happens more than you think. It's just that was caught on video, and it doesn't affect the game at all. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well. 
It's funny. I just read a tweet by the NFL saying they were not getting autographs, but it was still something along the lines of, I believe they both went the same alma mater and uh, the golf pro wanted, went through the referee and said, Hey, can you give this player my number? I want to give him golf lessons or something like that. So it, it was, it wasn't anything nefarious. Um, it didn't, it didn't look great. I agree. And I mean, you know, you got, so many superstars in every sport. I mean, I personally am not an autograph seeker, uh, but you always have kids or people have grandkids that, you know, want autographs. There's, there's, there's a time and place, I think, for it. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I worked an all-star game, I was fortunate I worked two games. Um, you'd get more than one jersey. So you'd throw a jersey in with the, you know, millions of other pieces of uh, memorabilia in those rooms and the players walk through and just sign everything. That's a nice, you know, nice keepsake. Uh, there's plenty of times in your career where you have a jersey either for a sick kid or for a charity or something. Usually the way you go about it is you you talk to the trainer and you say, listen, I've got this jersey for this for this charity, for this golf tournament, for whatever it is. Um, any chance you can get so-and-so to sign it, I'll see, I see you guys again like two months from now. And, you know, I'll just pick it up from you then. Um, that way it's kind of third hand. You're not, you're not asking a favor from a player because it just – it just looks bad. I feel like we see it and uh, you see it online all the time. People complaining about it, almost saying that officials shouldn't be having personal relationships with players or staff members, but I feel like it actually should be the opposite. I feel like you should almost in the right place, encourage that because it might, you know, increase uh, their awareness of what's going on on the field and, and, and have them have better relationships with you when it gets like on the field or on the ice, just by, you know, having these personal relationships. Well, absolutely. I mean, I don't think you can just shut something off. I mean, I had, I had players that when I was living in Montreal, we belonged to the same golf course. And I mean, obviously you're going to play around the golf with the guy, have a beer with the guy after the game. I mean, after the game of golf, uh, you get to know him. I just think, there's got to be an understanding and the players understand it too. Like, you know, we play golf together in the summer. When you do my game, we're probably not going to go out for a beer after the game. It's just, you've got to sort of segregate that stuff. And you know, what you do in the off season is one thing. What you do during the hockey season is you've got to do your job and you both have roles to play and you probably shouldn't be, you know, combining the two. Yeah. I think people, they have this misnomer that like when a penalty happens in front of you, that you have that second to go, Oh, that's a penalty. Oh no, sorry, but it's Crosby. I like him. I'm not going to call it. Like you don't, you don't make that decision. It, it, it happens no in your arm time. either goes up or it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> you, You're absolutely right. Uh, NHL referees are so, so focused. Their mindset is being perfect every game. Now I know uh, being perfect is not really something that ever happens, it doesn't mean you don't go into that game thinking you want to be perfect. And when you see something, you just, you're absolutely right. You just react. And pure and simple. It's a reaction. A missed call is a missed call. A penalty is a penalty. doesn't matter who the player is. So I want to talk about the beginning of the year because I wonder if, if you guys used to, or if they still do, get instructions from the NHL as to, you know, we want to call more stick penalties this year. We want to make sure we crack down on, on freehand holding on breakaways or on, on two on ones or interference on, on the loose guy on, on two on one or on two on two with the back checker. Like, do they specify things that they want you to focus on at the beginning of the year to try and cut down on mistakes from last year? 
they do and they don't. There's obviously, there's a training camp every year. Um, every year, uh, the commissioner, Mr. Batman, Bill, uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, they usually come to camp. Uh, a little, uh, you know, a motivational type type speech, uh, assure the guys that uh, they support them. And um, all the years I was there, uh, Mr. Batman would tell us, if you guys see a penalty, you guys are the best in the world. If you see a penalty, call it. We will support you. Um, you know, no specifics, just basically saying, we want you to call penalties. We want you to do your job. And then it's up to Stephen Wacom and Hockey Operations to be a lot more specific. And they don't say go out there and call out the beginning and then let's let it slack off. When you will see them say, we're going to have an emphasis on a certain play was, was when there's an issue or a new rule. So if you remember two, two years ago in the playoffs, there was, a, there was a lot of uncalled cross-checking penalties. Player safety, uh, competition committee, they talked about it over the summer and decided they weren't going to change the rule. They just wanted a, an increased enforcement of, of cross-checking. And much like uh, before that, we had uh, an increased awareness on, on slashing to the hands and using the free hand for holding the year before that. Stephen Wacom does a great job of that. He just, he builds video upon video and he shows it to guys at camp and says, look, this is a penalty. This is a penalty. This is a penalty. It's been going uncalled. We've let that sneak back into the game. We're going to start calling it again. We're not changing the rule. We're just changing the enforcement of the rule. and go out there and, and do it. And I don't think the referees do it and then slack off. I think the referees do it and the players learn. The coaches learn. They get sick of playing, you know, shorthanded and they tell their team, listen, the referees are going to keep calling this. So smarten up and don't do it. Now, and when then, you guys you guys have these preseason meetings, obviously the, the training camp where they go over these things with you, does that pop up at all throughout the rest of the year? Are there like mid-season meetings or does it just on a situational basis, if something pops up, they'll have a conversation with you guys? No, I think um, at least, you know, I've been out for over four years now, but Stephen Walkham, who's the director of officiating, he sends out uh, two emails a week. And one is a motivational rah-rah, keep it going, guys. And he addresses anything that's slipping, anything that's creeping into the game. And then the second email is purely um, calls of the week, uh, video of great stuff the guys have done, supporting good calls. And then there's a rules quiz, just a fun rules quiz, uh, three or four questions, uh, video, and guys answer them. And it's uh, it's competition amongst the guys. See how many guys at the end of the season, it's cumulative and how many points they get. But that's just a refresher. It gets guys into their rule book you know, checking the rules, rereading the rules and uh, just keeping themselves current. And uh, yeah, so it's an ongoing thing all season long. Um, he's very proactive. He addresses things before they become a problem for the most part. I hear a lot and a lot of the criticism uh, I think that I hear of NHL referees that, is that there's no consequences for bad officiating basically. And I mean, I know, and you know that that's wrong, but can you explain some of the consequences for referees if they're having, you know, a bad game an off year, a bad playoff series? Sure. Um, to start with every game, every game that's refereed, every game that's played, there's someone in Toronto uh, in the situation room who's considered, he's called a logger, who logs every 
everything that happens in that game, good, bad, indifferent, uh, every penalty call, every call that maybe in his mind should have been a penalty, um, anything, a, a, just anything out of the ordinary. That's all logged. And then when the official finishes his game, a lot of times there's a supervisor in the building who will come down and debrief them after the game, tell them what they did right, what they did wrong. And they're also there as teachers. They're also there to teach and improve the officials. No matter how senior you are, you can always get better. Then they go back to their room and if they want, they can open up that laptop computer or their iPad and they can actually look at their game and they just look down the right side. They don't have to, they don't have to you know, fast forward and keep looking for stuff. They just go right to the one they want to see and they can see their call or they can see the call that they didn't call and see if it was the right call or not. Um, so there's a lot of self-reflection, uh, self, self-teaching going on there by looking at your stuff. And then you get a um, mid-season rating, which is not, they don't put a number on it. They don't tell you, hey, you're number one or you're number 32 or whatever. It's just a, it's a synopsis of what you've done well during the season based on your supervisions and what you need to work on, what you need to improve on. Ultimately, everybody wants to get playoffs. And I believe there's 36 referees, 36 linesmen now. Only, only 20. 20 referees, 20 linesmen get playoffs. So you're looking at, you know, 40% of the staff that's not going to work playoff games. And playoff games, it's, it's compared to what players make, referees make a lot less money. Their bonus money in playoffs is, is a big percentage of, of their overall salary. So if you don't get playoffs, if you have an offseason, if, you, if you're not calling the standard and you don't get playoffs, it's going to cost you money. And people say, well, referees should be fine. Referees, especially when you come to playoffs, when you, when you make a call in the playoffs. So the way you get to playoffs is your body of work during the season. The supervisors uh, critique you. They, they make uh, supervisions on you. They send them to the boss. The boss watches a lot of games. He goes with his gut. He chooses 20 guys. That gets you into the first round of the playoffs. You could have worked the Stanley Cup final last year. If you don't have a good first round of the playoffs, you're done. So it's your performance in that first round of the playoffs that moves you on to the next and subsequent rounds. It's your body of work in that round that moves you on. So when a guy makes a, 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 a big call that's maybe not the right call or costs, it costs the team the game, it's controversial, and they say these guys should be fined or these guys should be whatever, well, guess what? They're probably not going to the next round. And that's costing them tens of thousands of dollars. So... You know, you look at what players get fined, they get fined about five grand. Um, an official could get fined, you know, $25,000 by not making the next round of the playoffs. So they really are accountable. And then someone that's a, um, I haven't seen one in years because uh, Stephen Walken's philosophy is I don't hire guys that I think I'm going to have to fire down the road. He hires guys, he's pretty sure when he hires them that they're going to be quality performers in the National Hockey League. That's why they spend a number of years in the American League under contract. But the possibility does exist that if you, if you go years and years of no playoffs and constantly being rated low, you'd probably be replaced. So referees are very accountable. I mean, their jobs are important to them. Getting the calls right are important to them. And Trying to make the Stanley Cup finals every year is the ultimate goal of every official. 
Yeah, I, I tried to explain that to a, a former guest on this show, just talking to him one day. And uh, let's just say he's not going to be back on the show because he didn't like the explanation too much. But <laughs> but but it, it is what it is. If you remember the, what was it, the Vegas series, maybe five years ago, there was a high stick off a draw that was missed by all four guys. And guess what? None of them move on to the next round. Like, that's just what happens. Sometimes you miss things and there are consequences for missing. I believe that actually they called a match penalty, did they not? And San Jose came back and scored. Uh, Maybe, yes, you're right. Actually, they yeah, goals and that's what it was. They called the overtime and actually get them. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. That's what it was. I'm you're sitting right. right in the sun here, guys. Is that you want me to change the? Uh, hey, as long as you're comfortable, that's all that matters. <laughs> I'm comfortable. I, I can put a blind down so it doesn't look as bad on your on your screen. Yeah, it looks fine to us. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. go ahead. Uh, how do you feel about? Did you hear like the little speeches the refs did at center ice to start the year? I think I there, did. what was there two. Like, like that's couple, weird, couple right? Opening night, that's yeah. a that's a weird thing to have to do. Well, I gotta say, I'm glad it, I'm glad I'm off the ice, and I was never had had to do one <laughs> of those. Um, I really like the idea, but I don't. I, I I didn't love the fact it was kind of a speech. Hmm. It would have been cool, I think, to have it more organic, to to just tell the official this, and we kind of want you to hit these points, but make it sound like you're just talking to the players. I mean, we all we all do that before we start a game. We go, hey guys, you know, good luck. Let's you know, let's keep it fair. Let's uh, you know. Let's go hard and let's let, let, let's have a good one. Let's have fun. Maybe expand on that a little more. Hey guys, new season here. Hope you had a great summer. Uh, you know, fans will be watching. We got millions on ESPN right now. Let's uh, let's put a show on for them and you know, good luck and drop the puck. Um, and a lot of it comes down to which officials have the personality to maybe make it seem effortless versus make it seem more like a speech. It's just, it's kind of hit or miss. Um, I think it's a great idea. I just maybe need to fine tune it a bit. Yeah. I feel like it's, uh, it looked almost forced, right? Like we, we've yeah, seen, we've seen, we've seen videos right. yeah. in the past of guys, like whether it was like Wes or somebody, right. That, you know, they're engaging with the players. They got the mic on them. You can hear that kind of stuff, but I feel like the NHL, liked that they loved it and then they tried too hard to push it more well, yeah they were trying to personalize the referees so that maybe people didn't get so angry i feel like that's what they were trying to yeah. do yeah i believe it was like scripted that. because uh, i don't know if you saw the audio um on the american uh i was actually doing the game for espn and uh, chris rooney was mic'd up and um the um headman came over to him i think beginning of second uh, first period and said, you know, what, what was going on there? He goes, well, I was told I had to, to talk to the audience and do this. So, I mean, it was, yeah, it was obviously scripted. It was, you know, but you, you just, if you don't try things, you're never going to find out if they work or not. Right. So. Well, I mean, and that being said, like the, the whole idea of putting a mic on the ref for when they're announcing penalties and stuff like that, you see the NFL has done it for years. I like that. Yeah. I feel like that actually uh, brings something to the broadcast that everyone at home is seeing. But I just think there's there's a line that maybe we have crossed a little <laughs> bit there, right? We've sure, gone a little bit too it, far. It's the first year they've done it. I mean, I think they did. I think Kelly Sutherland did it two years ago coming out of COVID. Um, but I don't know if you guys remember how bad the announcements were by officials, including myself, when we were announcing penalties going back. I mean, how, how long has that been now? 10 years, 12 yeah, years, I was yeah. gonna say at least 10 years. I yeah. mean, when we first put those mics on, we hated them. We couldn't stand them. We'd get in and out, out of that uh, penalty area as fast as we could. We'd be like, number two, we have, our, we have our head down. Number two, two minutes for slashing. It would just be like a drive-by. We just weren't comfortable doing it. 
And I give Stephen Walkham credit. He keeps saying, look at the NFL. Look at, look at what a juggernaut they are marketing and everything. And look at their officials. Look at how professional they are when they make their, their penalty calls. And he just kept hammering into the guys. He's like, guys, I'm not kidding. When you're in your bathroom at night all alone, just practice in front of the mirror. Make yourselves look like you like you're know what you're talking about. Like you have confidence when you make those announcements. And it's gotten it's gotten a hundred times better. And it also it adds that element too that on let's say a no goal that you have the the option to explain it, right? Because sometimes you just have to wait like before you just had to wave it off you skate away you maybe go tell the coaches yeah. and that's it and the crowd just looks all baffled and the, and the audience yeah. and the audience and the tv is baffled now it gives you that opportunity to explain why there's no goal and maybe it takes some heat off you too absolutely that's another thing he did he told guys he goes you don't have to make a long explanation if you're not comfortable some guys aren't but there are guys that are very comfortable giving an in-depth detailed conversation and he supports that and the Television loves it. Why not? Why not get it right from the horse's mouth? So I hear that there's a uh, congratulations in order as well. Your son has been uh, added to the officiating staff in the NHL, and you were talking that, what, Sunday he's got his first game? Is that what it was? Yeah, Ryan uh, signed a, uh, a full-time contract as a linesman this year with the National Hockey League. Uh, he's 27, um, worked full-time in the American League last year, so this year he's going to be – hopefully up and down quite a bit. Um, he's been working in American League since the start of this season, and he'll be doing his first uh, NHL game this weekend in Chicago, yeah. You making the trip? I'm going to try and be there, yeah. <laughs> how, how weird is it going to be if you have to do the analysis for one of the games that your son's on? <laughs> it's funny because uh, we were talking about we're talking about his outstanding debt to his dad, <laughs> and uh, a couple of the guys were sitting around uh, – I actually went for a day to training camp uh, as uh, an ESPN analyst. I sat in on a rule session um, just to, you know, just to sort of stay up to date on any changes or modifications. So we were sitting around afterwards and a couple of guys said to uh, Ryan, they go, I, I wouldn't even pay your dad back. I mean, what's he going to do? You're out of the house now. You got a job. There's nothing he can do to you. And I said, yeah, just wait till you're on ESPN one night, Ryan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't want me carving you. He said, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, dad's got a national TV audience yeah. now, so like maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to end off here because it's always fun to get stories. And I was I was at the Don Kowarski camp a couple of years ago, and and they had to sit down with a bunch of uh, NHL refs, and it was like, ask whatever you want. And these were all the questions kind of people got, and I hated it, but it turned into good questions. So I apologize if it's things that you you get all the time, but I'm sure okay. a lot of people uh, don't don't get it too often at home i'm basically just going to run through a bunch of things and you just tell me whatever's first things like your favorite building to work in uh favorite building to work in is probably madison square garden only because of the history of the the building and it's new york city i mean you can't you can't help but feel like frank sinatra when you come walking out of that building and your suit on at night and there's the bright lights of times square just up the street uh madison square garden is cool I guess number two would be the old Montreal Forum. Uh, I grew up as a kid going to the Montreal Canadiens games in the old building and to do my first game. My first league game I actually refereed the Montreal Forum was in the fall of 93. Um, they rose their Stanley Cup banner that night that they'd won in the spring of 93. And I just had goosebumps running down my spine. I mean, that was just pretty special. So the Montreal Forum and Madison Square Garden. 
you know that that's weird because that was like i think that was dean morton's i think that was his answer too was madison square garden and he said it's just because it's so weird that you have to go up in the elevator to get to the arena he said it's yeah. just weird it's just weird that, yeah. that that's the way it works there's a couple of places where you go up in the elevator boston's the same way yeah, all those downtown rinks. Uh, who is like the fastest player that you've seen? We hear all the talk now about guys like Connor McDavid, how fast they are down the ice. Who's the first guy that kind of struck you as, wow, this guy's quick? Pavel Bure. Pavel Bure was just a rocket on the ice. Uh, people don't realize how how big he was. I mean, he well over six feet, and uh, he just skated like the wind. And then you get guys that are just sneaky fast, like Claude Demier and Marc Messier. They just, you know, get down to that low, low center of gravity stance with the big long strides, and they're fast too. You look at Connor McDavid in recent memory, uh, he's definitely. Um, it's funny you talk about defensemen that, you know, when they're flat footed, he starts coming up the ice, they start panicking. No different for us. We're in a neutral zone. And if we're a little flat-footed and you see him get some speed coming up the ice, you're like, oh, my God, just get the hell out of there because he's going to blow by you. Like, oh, crap, put it in high gear. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, you, you blow the puck. It's frozen. You go over to the net. What goalie can you talk to and what goalie would you not even dare to talk to? My earliest best experience with Kelly was with Kelly Rudy, a uh, longtime veteran who's now uh, – I believe he's on uh, Sportsnet or TSN. Uh, awful night in LA one night when I had to give Wayne Gretzky an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and they're littering the ice. And I was just, I was distraught. I was like, "Wow, this is my first year in the league, and I just gave the great one a penalty." And Kelly Rudy came over and said, "Dave, there's going to be worse nights than this. <laughs> it's just do your job. You'll be fine." Slap patted me on the butt with his stick, and he went back to the crease. And I just remember how. How much better he made me feel. Uh, through the years, there was, you know, guys like uh, Marty Brodeur, great guy, uh, Kevin Weeks, um, Brian Boucher. Uh, funny, I work with Boucher and Weeks now. Um, but those guys, Marty Brodeur, just guys that played hard when the puck was moving and they were pretty laid back when the, uh, when the whistle went. Um, guys he didn't really talk to a lot. And they weren't bad guys. They were just really focused. I remember Eddie Belfour was very focused. Just um, he didn't really want anything to do with any anyone. Didn't make him a bad guy. He was just sort of always focused and always always into the next face off and you know in, kind of in his own. I can't remember if we asked you this when you were on before, but was there a coach that ever gave you a lot of trouble? Not someone that you know had a good relationship or you talked to a lot, but someone that almost every time you step on the ice seemed to be on your case right away. <laughs> Probably Pat Quinn. That Pat Quinn. And the funny thing, the funny thing is, uh, my brother-in-law worked for him for 11 years as a trainer. Um, I spoke to Pat Quinn dozens of times off the ice. And what a prince of a man. Just, just a, a great human being who was beloved by everyone who played for him and everybody who knew him. But just get behind the bench. He just didn't like officials. And... Uh, you know, you could do you could do nothing, nothing right in his eyes as an official. Uh, I didn't take it personal because that's the way he was with all officials. But I will tell you, and I can't remember if I told it on your store, uh, podcast last time. But when I did the All Star Game in 2002 in LA, my son was wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, and uh, 
for the skills competition, uh, my kids were allowed on, on the on the players bench. So that like I'm down on the ice and my kids are sitting right on the players bench, and uh, Pat Quinn starts yelling at me from the from the bench. And I'm thinking to myself like, what have I done wrong now? It's a skills competition. How could I have screwed this up that bad, right? And I went over and he goes, "Hey, I hear your son's wearing a Maple Leaf jersey. Someone told me that. Where is he?" And I said, well, "He's over on the bench." He goes, "Well, go get him." So I went and picked him up, and he was probably seven years old at the time. So here I am carrying my son on the ice <laughs> through the pylons and everything. Or I said, Ryan, I want you to meet Mr. Quinn. And he said, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jackson, he said, my son, Ryan, it's a pleasure to meet you. You're going to stand here with me and we're going to coach this skills competition together. And I mean, I just wanted to cry. And then he looked at me, he says, okay, you can go now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. And my son, Ryan, who's now the NHL linesman or American league NHL linesman is uh he was he was stand, stood there and he spent an hour standing beside Pat Quinn. So, you know, anybody who does that for my kids is a good man in my book. All right, uh, Dave Jackson, ESPN rules analyst and uh, former NHL referee, joined us today, and we really appreciate it. Dave. Thank you, and I'm sure we will reach out to talk again because it's a whole lot of fun. Love it, guys. Any anytime. Be well. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge, and I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty and Mitty Show back here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Big thank you. Dave Jackson, just talked to him for about 25 minutes about his uh, NHL officiating journey. Some funny stories, some cool stories, and of course, what's going on now with the NHL officiating. One of your favorite interviews to do is the officials. We like it. We enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, they just don't get to talk very often, I don't think. Like, I, I think officials sometimes just are that evil empire out on the ice and you forget that they're real people and for yeah. the most part they're good people. And they, they have real have, stories. They have stories to tell and sometimes their stories are not better than the player stories because the player stories usually involve some, some under the table stuff. But I mean, they get to know these players in a way that you never will just watching them on the TV because they're there, they're battling with them. And the players in the NHL, unlike in, in junior and minor hockey for the most part, the NHL players, for the most part, respect the referees and understand that they're there because they're the best in the world as well, and they don't get on them too much when they don't have to. It is. Uh, it always changes when you get to a level of anything, right? Major sports, obviously, but um, even local sports, when you get into leagues where you're seeing the same people year after year, it kind of changes your perspective on officiating and your competition even, right? So these guys that come up into the NHL, Dave Jackson's your official, Better get to know him, better like him, because Dave Jackson's going to be your official for the next 15 years, right? Like, that's how it is. And maybe it's not Dave, maybe it's Wes, maybe it's another guy. Like, these guys are going to be around, so you better, probably better off to get on his good side. Like I said, it's probably not going to earn you any calls. Referees don't work that way. They're not wired that way. But just for, you know, 
probably you know probably, what, probably you better to get on the good you? side. You're not going to get a call if there's a trip in front of you. Uh, I'm going to call a trip right in front of me. Like you don't have that forethought, yeah. like Dave said there. But what it does help is when there is you know uh, a deflection or a penalty you thought could be a penalty, and you you are just a good guy. You're always you know relating to the ref. You're always just talking to him and you're joking around or whatever. And then you go to him and say, "Hey, man, I thought that was a trip. What did you see?" He's going to talk to you. He's going to explain it. Yeah. I just got off the phone with one of the officials from minor hockey, and he said he had to, you know, basically yell at a coach in the last game. And he said, I'm going to have him three or four times this year. I'm not going to go ever talk to him again. He's not going to get an explanation out of me. You yeah. just, you lose that, rep- I guess, the re- reputation. You lose the respect from the refs if you're not going to treat them like people. And you need that respect just solely for communication purposes. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're going to be able to, um, communicate a lot better with officials if you start out on the right foot that is no secret we know that in not just in hockey right baseball football basketball whatever it and is. when you lose that respect it takes a long time to get back right? it's not just like next game's washed off we remember we yeah, understand we know years we know who we can talk sports. to and who we can't talk to yeah exactly it so, can take years so i saw today them putting up okay a makeshift visiting dressing room in i saw that i saw that like an hour ago like before you got here before you popped into the studio they are putting up and oh we had to put in quotations that it's only for the first four games of the season but like it shouldn't be for any games of the season blankets man it's like they're putting up curtains in between the dressing room like that is smitty and Mitty show when they first opened up the (laughs) studio stuff man blankets on the walls blankets for walls like this is the nhl it is in my mind, it's it's kind of embarrassing that you're playing in a 5,000-seat arena when they say it's temporary. There's nothing planned yet, right? There's no shovels in the ground. It's going to be years before they're in a new place. And now you're telling me that there's no dressing rooms ready, right? You got guys playing and getting ready for an NHL hockey game. These guys are making millions of dollars. And the only thing separating them from the lobby of a minor hockey rink <laughs> is a curtain. Do you know... It's a like it's a college arena. Where, where yep. does the visiting college team get dressed? Because it's not the lobby. Well, they have so <laughs> they'll have their own rooms, but they're not going to be up to NHL caliber. Well, so, I, so I'm you, sure they're better than that. Yeah, that's a what I was going to say. It's going to be better than a curtain, right? There's better than a black curtain down center ice of the second pad over. Are they the most embarrassing franchise in major sports? They've got to be, right? I mean, what? Okay, give me most embarrassing, laughable MLB franchise. Right, like Oakland Stadium is falling apart. Tampa, Tampa. Bay plays in the I, I Tropicana say, Field, the Thunderdome, whatever you call it. But the thing it. is, those two teams compete year after year. Like, they have good teams. The A's are, uh, for as little as they spend, they usually have a competitive team. That, it, when it, was the last team, that, the last time the Coyotes even made the playoffs? Probably a little while ago. ago? But the, and, ago? and the thing is, like, go back to the stadium. Like, sure, their stadiums are falling apart, but they have stadiums. They have major league ready stadiums. They're not playing some college, like it's kind of it. It reminds me a little bit of when the Chargers went to L.A. and they play in that soccer stadium now that holds like thirty thousand, twenty eight thousand, right? Like that's a little bit bush league in my opinion too, right? Like this is the NFL, twenty eight thousand people. Come on. Well, I mean, they play at at uh, SoFi now, but they did when yeah. they first moved to L.A. Well, they, they were they were they were legitimately building an arena, like they were building a giant state. And that's what I mean. Arena. Like it, it's there's no that. arena being built in Phoenix, and that's why I think they are the most like embarrassing franchise in pro sports. Because who's right going to dig that money in? Who's going to say I will put 
$3 billion into an arena in Phoenix, Arizona. That's why there can't. Why is there a team there? Like, why? Why? Why, why do you need? Why? Well, well, let's let's reverse here. Let's go back a little bit. Why are they building a new arena? It's not because they don't have one. It's because that arena does not want them there. They have things that can make them more money. Who's right? paying for this arena? The Gila River Arena, whatever the hell it's called, it's there. It's still standing. It's still in good condition. They don't want them there. They do not want the Coyotes as a tenant because they take up 82 plus dates throughout their year. Whatever it is, 41 dates or whatever the home schedule no is. No playoff games. No playoff games. Don't have to worry games, about that. Right? Practices, sure, whatever. Takes up dates that they could be selling concerts or yeah, but they college basketball. One, they bring ones of thousands of people into that building. Exactly. Exactly why they did not renew their lease. Uh, so the other thing that I, I kind of wanted to talk about, and we talked about it with Dave there, so it's not too much, but is it anything that the refs had to go talk to, that, that the refs were talking to Mike Evans after the game? And, and further so, the NFL puts out a statement that just says, they weren't asking for an autograph and nothing else. And then left it to reporters to dig and do good journalism to find out that they, that apparently Mike Evans wanted a golf. They're both from USC, I think. And, and yeah. Mike Evans wanted a golf uh, lesson from one of the pros that the ref knew. So he was just getting his number to give to the golf pro. Like that came out later from some amazing reporting, but the NFL mishandled it in the first place. Like, why not just say that in the actual yeah, like press if, release? If you knew that, right, maybe they were still looking into it themselves, right? I don't imagine they have the best team of detectives out there. Sometimes journalists can be better at that. But uh, it didn't look good for the NFL for a little bit. But at the same time, are you surprised? Like, that's got to happen, right? Whether or not we see it on camera or not or behind closed doors, you got to imagine that kind of thing is happening. If there was no betting, would we care? I still don't care. If I I'm don't either. Honest, right? Really. Like if I'm being honest, I still don't care. But it is were, what it is. There was quite an uproar, and I, I'm just wondering if it's solely because of the money that's involved with these games now that you can't have a Tim Donahue kind of situation roll into the back of your mind. Sure. And I wonder if we analyze it a little bit too much. Like it was, if I'm not mistaken, two line judges, right? Like it wasn't the head official for I the could, game. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it was line judges. I don't think it really matters though, because any of them can throw flags, right? Sure. Like it's not. Uh, the, maybe a little bit less. The only difference of the head official is that he's the one that gets to say words. Well, that's big, as we've just heard with Dave Jackson. And they are jacked. I don't know what <laughs> is in the water pro, for gym some, program. The 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 guys on the Lions are just are chubby seventy year olds, and then you get to the referees, and these guys are huge. And they got they got small jerseys on. The NFL officials over the last few years have formed this like lift club in the off season, <laughs> and they are all just swole. Like, just jacked human beings. I think we put too much sometimes, and, and we just don't understand that these guys are human. Like, like I'm sorry. It's Mike Evans is a person. The referee's a person. I'm sure there's a lot of times where, you know, it's your first game. Let's say it's my, my first NHL game. I'm going out there, and I'm sitting in the crowd pregame or something, or I'm leaving the arena after the game or something like that, and Connor McDavid passes me. I'm going to say hi. Why would I not say but, that? But here's where I wonder, once again, going back to the most recent situation with Mike Evans, is was it because he was running off the field chasing him down that it seems a little bit worse? Well, he wasn't. Evans was running past the officials. The officials were just standing there, and they caught them or as what, they were Whatever back. it was, right? Like, it was just as the game had ended. Like, they were all going back in through the tunnel. But it's not like... like does that, that maybe in our heads make it seem worse? Let's say... Because the game was, like, mere minutes... 
completed, right? Well, like let's let's say that like Tom Brady was running past the ref and he literally just wanted an autographer to say hi. That I feel like is a problem. Like that would be more of a problem. This was a predetermined thing where they were obviously talking and and knew that Mike Evans wanted this number or wanted to get in contact with this golf pro. And it was solely just trading numbers so that he could put him in. It's there was no fanboy. He obviously already knew him. He already talked to him. And so, so if that's the, the case, fact they went to the alma mater doesn't, doesn't mean anything anyways. Well, Cause like, you know how many of the, how many refs probably went to the same university as the players? Like tons. There's, there's what? Thou- there's thousands for of every, NFL yeah, players. Yeah. For every ref, there's a guy that went to school to the same school. Guaranteed. So, yeah. Guaranteed. Anyways, we got to go ahead and take a break. We'll finish things up here for this mini mini show for another week on the other side of the break you're listening on the tsms radio network and episode 112 of the smitty and mitty show podcast Goldline is proud to be a sponsor of the Port Elgin Chrysler 2023 Ontario Tankard and Scotties, presented by Bruce Power, coming to Saugeen Shores January 23rd to the 29th. When you're ready to curl like a pro, shop Goldline, the choice of champions. Finances change as life changes, like when you get married or start a new job or welcome a new member to your family. Each one of them comes with their own unique financial challenge. And I'm here to help you make sense of them and keep you on the path to your financial goals. I'm Dave Middleton, your Sun Life Advisor. Send me an email to dave.middleton at sunlife.com. I'm here to help navigate life's changes. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty Mitty Show for the absolute last segment you're going to get out of us. This week, I thought and you were no, going to say the absolute last time, and I was like, "What?" Yeah. This is how I tell you. This you is how I'm going to tell me? you. <laughs> no guess next He's week. He's already packed up his stuff. There's a box <laughs> of stuff by the door. He's gone. I'm going to thank our, our first. Let's thank uh, our guest, Dave Jackson, former NHL referee, ESPN rules analyst, for joining us in this episode. It's always an absolute pleasure for me to get to talk to referees. So And congrats. And congrats Ryan. to Ryan for making his uh, NHL debut on Sunday in in uh, the Chicago game. And yeah, if it wasn't the Blackhawks games, I might watch. Uh, from what I hear, it's going to be one of the like best crews you possibly sure. could have, too. Yeah. So he's going to have a whole lot of fun. Congratulations to him and to Dave as well. Let's thank our sponsors. Dave Middleton, Sun Life Financial Life is Brighter Under the Sun, Gold Line Curling. They are the choice of all of the champions. Christmas just around the corner. Make sure you get your shopping started, gentlemen. It's just a warning. I just wanted to warn you. know them. what I thought about the other day? And I actually have no idea how much time we have here. You got it. I'll give you 45 seconds. Okay, go. We're getting close to November. We are. We, we actually have November not planned show. anything. I have, already, I have started sending out emails to, to oh, okay. get guests, yes. Okay. Are you going to stash this year? Obviously. I'm not. Why? I am going to grow a mohawk instead. Why? It's I'm not gonna... mohawk member. It's Movember. You don't find that funny? No. It's Mo- Movember. Mohawk. No. Mohawk member. No, I'm, I'm frustrated because okay. you need to grow a mustache. We will talk about this off camera. <laughs> okay. So maybe the show, that does it for us here on another week on the TSMS Radio Network. Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. We look forward to talking to you again. Same time. Same place. Next week. Here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Mm-hmm.